But ultimately, like the aim was to connect with coaches, to create a community for coaches to access us um, via private Facebook page, via us putting some webinars or podcasts together, and ultimately via get tapping into our all our resources. Welcome to Swim.Rocks, the show that shares ideas, information, and inspiration between swimming people who stay dry. I'm your host, Lockvane Tempest, and this week I chat to Rowan Taylor, the head coach of Victorian and Tasmanian Swimming, about his project, Gold Class Swimming. Now, I do have to let you guys know that we did have some technical difficulties during this interview, so everything might not be as clear as we would have liked. Enjoy! Welcome everyone to this podcast of Swim.Rocks. I have got an excellent treat for you today. I have one of Australia's best coaches uh, and has been the best in the business for over a decade and even more. Rowan Taylor, how are you? I'm well, Locke. How are you going? I'm really good. I'm really good. How's everything going down there in Victoria? Yeah, it's uh, going okay. I mean, it's as best as you can expect. I think we've got yeah. um, we've established some really good routines with with the coaches and working yeah. with swimming victoria and getting things happening but it's all kind of a moving target at the moment so yeah it's yeah. really every day something different something new yeah excellent so a little run through through your coaching career you're one of australia's best coaches you're the head coach of victoria and tasmanian swimming you're the head coach at nana wadding swim club and wherever you go seem you seem to bring success with you what do you reckon the secret is to your coaching career um i think the for me, it's just, uh, you know, creating an environment where, where I think people can achieve their best. And for me, that's, uh, that's kind of what, I'm, what I'd use as my purpose is getting in there. And so it's about myself influencing that. And then, yeah, if you, if you do that, I think people, people want to stay there and you inspire and motivate and you, get, you surround yourself with people like-minded. So I've been very fortunate to do that. I always seem to pick good good people to work with who add value to, to my basic um, philosophies. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty bloody minded and pretty high standards in what I expect. Um, but I do care deeply for, for people in, the, in their personal development. So I think looking back and reflecting on my coaching career, I'm, I'm coming a bit clearer on my philosophy and what I did. But at the time, I just did it. I didn't really think I was just like after success. And that meant people enjoying themselves. Yeah. Um, you talked about there about surrounding yourself with the right people. When you are setting up a program, what do you look for in other team members, other coaches? The first thing I look for is, is someone who, who's basically can see the vision I have. So it's really important. I, I believe good, good leadership's about uh, cr- creating a clear vision and then empowering those people who, to deliver that vision on your behalf that are the people who have that skill. So they have to have, they have to, I have to be convinced that they can see what I see and they're in it for the same reasons. Yeah. So I've had many, trust me, many people working with me that were in it for themselves, not in it for, so my vision is you're in it for the athlete. So mm-hmm. if you're my athlete, whatever your goal is becomes my goal and the goal of everybody that I bring into this space. We're working for you. We're working towards your achievement because that's going to be success. I see somebody veering from that. They're not part of my team. And I, I've called people out. I say, you're not a team player. That's fine. Go do what you, to me, it's a team success. So they have to buy into that. So that's the first piece. You know, swimming being such an individual sport, you know, you think of it as an individual sport for the athlete itself, but really it is part of that 
that team culture. And I know you've been on a lot of Australian teams and stuff like that. And, and that's really interesting. You say that like it's a team culture within the coaching squad as well. Do you uh, often talk to other coaches who you've been on um, Australian teams with to, to make sure you're all on the same page or on the right path of some sort? I think we, we talk, we're very close. It's probably my closest friends, my peer group, because I spent so much quality, you know, time away. You can't pretend to be anybody who you are. You're very, very raw. So a lot of them are very good friends. I've been on teams for many, many years. And uh, when we're away, we go for walks, we chat, we talk philosophically about what works, what doesn't work. So I think coaches that can, can continually provide um, athletes into, into that environment at that level have something in common. And coaches who fit into the team kind of makeup. So we're very, very driven individually with very driven athletes. We want to, you know, they have to be selfishly driven. We know that. Mm. We, we, but we also create good team unity and in our home environment. So when we come into the Dolphins team, it just fits. Everybody mm. just connects. Now, I want to talk to you about an excellent project you've been doing for a while now. And it's only come to, I know, my attention. I had a, a little dig through it the other day. And as a young coach, I, I'm actually so thankful that this is actually coming and I'm finding it now early in my coaching career. It's called gold class swimming. And you're doing this along with uh, the great Lee Nugent and Gary Barclay as well. Um, Rowan, can you tell us a little bit about what gold class swimming is? So I guess to go back to the, to the beginning, which was about five years ago when, when I was actually the, the high performance leading out of Wadding and Gary was the CEO and, Lee Nugent was working um, with, with the States and we were chatting one day and we said that we just, there's gaps in coaching resource and support, right? You just, we just recognize those gaps. And so we, we got the idea that we have so much amongst ourselves. We had so much kind of IP and ideas and we were workshopping and we just said, let's start putting together our stuff. You know, the, the videos that we'd done and, things that we've done. Let's start building some resources and let's test the waters and see if there are coaches in remote areas. So we're global here. We've got coaches from all over the world who just don't have access. So obviously Australia is pretty spoiled. We've got good resources with, with ASCA and, you know, Swimming Australia and the state association. So it was more of a global look, like looking beyond that. Um, we ran some clinics. We did a few, that, that's kind of how we got some revenue in to kind of keep building the the, the, the business um, but we really did it as a I would say a, as a, as a hobby is not the right word a passion to influence coaches via the online medium now you're talking about three people who are very uh, IT um, restricted so this was a new space for us um, so we got Lauren Bartley on who works behind the scenes with us on setting up a Facebook page but but ultimately locked the aim was to connect with coaches to create a community for coaches to access us um, via private Facebook page, via us putting some webinars or podcasts together, and ultimately via get tapping into our all our resources. So as we created resources and put them online, coaches could go in there and grab them and videos on strokes and and we're just really responding to the coaching coaching group. We kind of grew beyond. Um, so I, we probably do, I probably spend a couple hours a week on my own time, things, little projects. So it's really, a, really in our own free time doing this. And probably this situation has enhanced 
the need. People are just looking for support. So we, we're reaching through our, our membership, but yeah. broader than that, um, it just seems to yeah, be, be a necessity at the moment. And uh, I'm obviously working with Swimming Australia and, and, this, and Swimming Victoria and Tassie and that as well with, with coach support. But this, this particular uh, kind of enterprise, I guess, uh, entity is, is, is a private, uh, really detailed, specific for somebody who wants to reach out to me directly and want to have conversations and wants me to have an engagement uh, that's probably where it, where it, where it steps above what what we normally coaches get access to. Yeah, when I first looked at it and and um, really digested it, could you say in a way, Rowan, it's like it's a digital coaching way. It's like a coaching equivalent of a swimmer going away to a state camp. Like it's somewhere they can go with uh, other coaches. Uh, this time on a digital platform and learn new material to take back into their home program. Is that a little description of it in a way? Yeah, I think so. I think you, you've got people around you that, uh, that, that, that are kind of broader outside of your, your, your knowledge space and they're right there in practical senses. So you've got the conversations happening, but you got the, the, the technical vision and you've got a bunch of little things. So I would say it's a good, it's a good um, description. So you can tap into that. And I think the key thing for us, what we're looking at is we realize that we need to upgrade all of our digital platform to be more interactive for coaches. This is probably something we didn't realize. Like, you know, we don't, again, it's learning on the go. And this has actually accelerated that. Like we're like, okay, um, you know, we want coaches to have real time access to a video on. Um, so if you wanted to look at one of Lee's videos on backstroke turns, for instance, you know, you got to, you go on the website, you'll find backstroke turns, you open it up and you watch it. Now, for me, I prefer you walk on the pool deck and just go click and go, yeah. there you go, athlete. So again, you're taking that knowledge straight to your work, workspace. That's our next step because right. we have so much content that's ridiculous. Like it's, it's, it's like overwhelming for us. We're like, wow, we've got a lot of content here. We just need to be better at, fun, at getting it out to people. Mm. Um, but it is, it, is a, it is an add value to your coaching skill set. And it's, it's like having a, a digital mentor. That's the key. I would say that's how I describe it. You've got access to a mentor on, a, on any time. You post a message on Facebook right now, I get a prompt. I'll have a look at it. I'll answer it. If it's to me or if it's to the general group or people within the membership answer it, you guys, they get into conversation. It's, it's a great little community. Yeah, wow, that's that's really exciting for all us young coaches out there. One thing that um, I know young coaches uh, seem to uh, ha not not have an issue with, but something a skill that can be used later on in their future. And if they don't have a head a head coach or a coach who's say a, a gold license coach, or something to to have a mentor off. I like how you've put the use of of templates for a, a seasonal plan. Um, Two questions. Are they a bit more complex or are they simple ones? And how did you guys go about making that template? So to the first part is um, just why we, why that we felt that was a resource that needed to be provided is that there's a lot in the field. We feel this is probably a skill set that's probably the weakest skill set or the less um, I, I guess, focus skill set within accreditation. It's not really, so to me, when I learned to plan 
um, and, and understood the whole planning process and how important it was. It's basically your foundation of your house, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, to set the plan, uh, it's not, it's not a simple, it's, it's simple, but it's complicated. And the more complicated you make it, the better, the, the more you can, you can actually coach athletes on an individual basis. So it's, it, it's, it's almost like you can build a basic home or you can build an extravagant one. It really is, ha you, can, you can update it and upgrade it. So there was a need for planning because my planning experience happened through uh, people I, who I experienced on event camps, for instance, or, you know, like your Michael Balls, your, you know, your, your, well, Bill Sweetenham's, these people who influenced me early days. I just saw what they did. Vince Rally is one of the best at, at, at season planning and getting to look at it and going, holy cow, okay, th these are the, this is what these guys are doing. But then realizing that good age group coaches are really well planned. And so from my point of view, it's like we need to provide some awareness around planning and we need to actually ensure that people understand it's a really important piece and it's an ongoing piece, right? So the way I look at it is there's three categories of coaches out there. There's coaches that just make it up as they go, right? They just feel. And some of the best coaches in the world are like this, by the way. It's not like right. it's right? instinctive. There's coaches that plan so rigidly that they don't deviate from the plan. It's like, no, we're, we're doing this today. I don't care how tired everybody is or what's happening. This is a session. Like, and they, they set it, and that's basically they walk down that plan. Yeah. And then there's the coaches, what we're looking for, the instinctive coaches, the intuitive coaches who have a really strong plan. And then as they're walking through their plan, they're making adjustments based on athletes' responses, you know, monitoring, measuring, and that's when it becomes what I call a more deep, more complicated entity. I, I call it living. So for me, um, as you go, you should be able to reference the changes and the, the modifications you made. So at the end of the season, you look back and you, you see the actual um, trail of what you actually did. And you can look at the difference between what did I plan and what did I actually do? And then when you plan forward, you then have better knowledge. You're taking your knowledge with you. So your reflection is, is the fact that you – so it's really as simple as having a document that you, that you go, the end of the season is this competition. We're here. It's this many weeks. What's the outcome we want to have at this competition? We want everybody to be able – you know, it's a group thing, age group. I want all my swimmers to, to be three things that I want them doing really well, and then that's your focus for the season, early season, development – conditioning and then specific into competition. So there's a lot of different ways to go around it. But to me, planning is a really important skill that needs to be uh, taken upon and then developed on a continuous basis. Like I, I if I go back now on deck and, and start, like I got so many great ideas to put into, but I know I've got a, a the first thing is I, I've set a plan up. Yeah. Go, okay. Where am I putting this? You know, pop this in here. That's all. Oh, this is where this would go. Oh, I saw this over here. You know, and, and I can fill up my plan with, with, with things that I want to do. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing it in a, in a way that's targeted, not yeah. just random. Yeah. you like, like not just chucking it in for the sake of chucking yeah. an idea in. Yeah. yeah. No, excellent. Um, one feature that you advertise uh, very clearly on your website is that you have over 130 swimming drills that coaches can use. Yeah. That's an incredible amount of drills. Um, you answered my question before, actually, when you said backstroke turns, I was going to ask, is it just for stroke correction or for skills as well? So what skill um, and stroke drills, I guess, do you have in the 130 swimming drills? 
Well, Lee Nugent's the architect of this. We worked right. together collaboratively on the on the the drills. Uh, you know, um, he's the one that gets them filmed and and dubs over them. And he's pretty much to me, he's if not the best, one of the best technicians in the world. Hmm. How he explains it. So, um, but we 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 talk extensively about what are the drills that we think are relevant. I think the most important thing before I go into specifics is is we see drills as two, as in two, two, two facets. For age group swimmers, drills are used to expose a weakness and develop it. So oh, yeah. look at your stroke, your rotation's not good, you know, your, your hip rotation, you're not rotating, connecting with your stroke on the pull, pull through, find a drill that isolates that, that rotation and forces you to develop better rotation connection, right? Yep. So the drill is used to target weakness and develop it into a strength and fix it up. Drills should always be at that level, always built into free swimming. So you're always connected into the swimming. So a drill progresses. So you might have 10 backstroke drills, but for this particular thing, three of them are relevant. So it's really important. Now these three, for you, that's your relevance. For that athlete, it's something else, these three. So it's really getting that first. For a senior athlete, drills are more activation. So they're the same thing. I got to make sure my core is switched on. This is a rotation drill. It helps me switch my core on and get connected. So it's an activation. So that's the big thing. So for me, when I'm coaching high performance athletes, everybody had their own drill repertoire for activation. And then that's like built into main, like presets, these types of things. But if we're working on a particular weakness that was heavily invested at the beginning of the season, and I would, I would target certain drills that would eventually become activation drills for them because they shifted for young people. It's about periodizing or if you use the word periodize or structuring a flow of drill progressions through the week, through the, the month, through the season. So on that 130 drills, you'll find them chunked into uh, what is the flaw in the stroke. And these are the drills to work with. So that's what we've set it out like that. So that's why you have your poor rotation for backstroke freestyle. Here's the drills that you would do, you know, just rotation drill, then change drills and sculling with a change. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of different ones. Yeah. It might be, you know, for breaststroke kick, um, narrowing the breaststroke kick. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of drills. So, so it's really, if you know what the problem is with your athlete, you go in, you don't just sift through drills and go, oh, that one looks good. It actually says this drill, these drills are related to this problem. Oh, very cool. The discussion that will be uh, the dub over with Nugget would be him actually talking about the flaw and then the correction. So, okay, here's a flaw. So we had a number of athletes swim incorrectly. And then to, to expose, this is, this is what this flaw looks like. And these are the drills you do to fix it and then show the athlete doing the drills. So there's a lot of like, not just there's a drill, it's actually user-friendly. And it's mm. the same with skills, you know, to, you know, the turn progressions for the medley turn, kind of like the sequencing of the turn and what drills you would do to do that. So, yeah, and, and look, it's, there's, there's, there's probably 50 to 60 more in the pipeline that we're kind of that nugget, you know, he sees, he'll go out and see somebody doing something and he'll go, okay, that fits really well. We've got to film that. So there's a lot more coming, but <laughs> what, what, what we, what we want is what our, what our current project is, is packaging those drills into um, the, you, to, for you to access on your app or your iPad. 
So they're right there. So you don't have to go into the website. They're actually, they're actually accessible directly through your, your smartphone or your iPad, which, which is what we want. We want you to use them with the athletes, show the athletes, because we know the visual learning is a really, really important, kind of probably the most important uh, piece now with our current age demographic mm -hmm. and the way they learn. Uh, so, and we find that to be really, really uh, powerful. Excellent. And maybe the next draw card is over 200 drills or something like that. That's incredible. I didn't know there was that many drills out there. Um, well, it, and I think I need to preface it by saying the thing that we've done is we've categorized them for the purpose of specific to what you're trying to fix Yeah. versus just throwing drills up. It's not just this yeah. big caveat of like drills where you go, I don't know which one to pick. It's like you, you, they're categorized. So that yeah. makes it even easier and user friendly. Yeah, excellent. Uh, another thing that uh, the program offers is support for parents and the community for parents as well. Um, I feel there's a massive need for this, for, for parents to have some information. I was talking to my mum the other day and asked if there was a resource out there for you to help, um, like help yourself deal with me as a swimmer, like, would you take it? And she said, absolutely, in a heartbeat. Um, yeah. Having a conversation with a child or even a, even a coach, they, a parent might not understand it in its entirety. So can you explain what you have to offer for parents? So, um, absolutely. So firstly, um, the one thing we do know from our, our, my experiences is, is, is I describe coaching as a, you're, you're driving a bus, right? Mm. You're a bus driver and the parents and the athletes are passengers on your bus. And they're very likely they'll only have one journey with you. They'll get on, they know the destination because they know what the program's about and they hop on the bus and then they go and sit in the seat and you drive. And that's, that's their experience, right? So right. the experience of educating and upskilling them, you got to remember, but by the time you finish with the day of driving the bus, you've probably turned over a lot of passengers. They only get one crack at this. So they, they don't, so as a coach, it's our responsibility to provide insight, knowledge and experience for for parents to ensure that they understand, we upskill them and understand what it is to do that. So that's, that's generally, um, and again, coaches, we, as, as we do, we try to do that as much as possible, but we need help with that. Right. So what happened was we started this goal class and, and when we did the clinics, when we went out and did these clinics, um, the parents would be, all the parents would be sitting in the stand. So one, I think it was probably the first or second clinic, uh, Nugget decided, hey, called the parents down on pool deck and basically held court with them for, it turned out to be 30 minutes. And I'm standing there with Gary going, geez, a lot of these parents are really keen to hear, you know, Nugget's talking about being a swimming parent and da, da, da. So that became a regular part of the clinic. And then on the sideline to that is Gary has written a book. Gary Barclay has written a book about being a swimming parent. So we were talking one day and I said, you know, like as a group we're saying we, we this is something there's something here these people are really dying for information because those people that would um after a clinic would immediately go and 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 sign up to be you know the, to get on the website and look at you know but we said oh, well there's swimming swimming coaching stuff there so we started developing this swim parent advantage resource right so that is basically somewhere around 50 uh short video clips of, 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 of Gary and Nugget or myself talking about being a swimming parent, basically verbalizing a lot of the content that's in the book, but generally dealing with, with stuff that's come up through these clinics. 
So we built these resources maybe over the last two years. And, 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 and ironically, we're, we're really close to launching it as a membership. You know, parents sign up, they get a private Facebook page where they can interact with us and interact with each other. They'd have, uh, there's like a, a course, you know, a parent's course thing to take, like an online course to educate them and a whole range of resources that were there. And then this thing hit. And anyway, the other day, we were like three weeks ago, we were, we were going, um, I wonder how many parents need help right now. We talked about how we believe they need help before. You said, as you said, your mom, how many need help right now? So yeah. we, let's put a free webinar on just to, just to see how it's going. And we got, uh, over, we, we, we've had 1,300 views of that, podcast, of that webinar and we had 700 live. We had 1,200 register and we've had 1,300 watch the first one. But we had six, 700 people live online uh, two weeks ago, a week ago, geez, week and seven, eight days ago. Then we had one last, last night, yesterday. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the date is. Um, we had about 260 um, live. And then there was, I think, 500 or so registered. I don't know how many have watched it since. A lot of people, as you know, will, will register and watch later or whatever. So there's been a lot of interest in it. And, it's, and it really is about how can we – so last night we had um, – Actually, we've had three. I, I take that back. We've had three. We had Megan Davis. We had a sports, like, child sports psychologist on last night talk to parents. So we're responding to what parents are looking for. A lot of them are looking for – they're fearful. Um, they, they've lost uh, – as their children, they've lost structure, routine, the whole thing. We know what's happened. Everybody's yeah. dealing with it. Yeah. But what can we – what resources are they looking for? We put resources – so we're responding to those parent groups now. We had already been preparing to be in mainstream coaching to say, well, here's a parent resource available to you. Um, we've got contacts and we, we're really just facilitating uh, people to, to be there for parents. So it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of seeing the, the community as we speak. Yeah, that's excellent. And, and that many views on, on your first one is incredible and really does show that you know parents are in the need for that um while we're on the topic of the the parents and and um and you talk about lee um, bringing him down to pool deck and and that need the parent swimmer coach relationship it can be a confusing one a lot of different coaches have different methods you know do they want the parent on pool deck uh we're talking to grub uh, Graham Carroll the other day and he was saying that you know he welcomes the parents in to watch to see how their training is their child is training hard um what's your method like do you have you know meetings scheduled meetings where you want to talk to the parents or just casual chats on pool deck what, what's your method with dealing with parents um I'll tell you that but before I before we let me go today I got a funny story to tell you about grub so you okay remind me to tell you the story at the end anyway. all right <laughs> It's, not, it's a fight between us, but it's a good, it's a funny story. Um, my, my philosophy shifted from when I was a young coach to obviously over time. And so of, when I first started, I wanted no one in the space. I wanted, right. you know, but that was my insecurity as a, as a coach about, I don't want parents questioning me, you know, little bits and pieces like that. Um, but, but even at that time, I was a very big communicator on my terms. So I would have parent meetings. I'd make sure they understood the expectations of what their child was involved in and the expectations of the program. My, my probably big mistake early on was that I, I then said, leave us alone um, and really didn't want to build any kind of connection with, with my, um, 
with the athlete parents and in, in a sense, like I always felt like it's gotta be black and white. But over time, as I negotiated through a lot of challenges where it was always about what I now look back, it's managing the parent expectation. Mm. That's all we can do. And that's by providing them insight and information as to what, who we are, what we do. And by letting them in and being comfortable with that, regardless of their, it didn't stop people being critical of me or questioning my coach. It just didn't stop. But what it allowed me to do is open the communication and say, hey, I'm here. Come chat with me. You know I'm, I'm, you know I'm available on my, on my time, not randomly. Yeah. But um, um, if you have a problem, we can discuss it. And rather than going around and talking about me because, you know, there's no excuse. I'm available, right? So that I went from there to that. And then probably what I learned through that uh, pace through discussing with other coaches and other sports and kind of how you deal with it. I think this is my final thing. This is what I always tell parent, uh, coaches now is when there's a, when first you got to create the, the environment where they will come talk to you as the option, the only option. Um, I never have communication issue. I never have conversations via email. If somebody sends me an email, I pick the phone up and say, we need to meet or talk to them, I will not respond in an email, will not respond in an email, just re- waste of time, right? Yeah, no yeah. So I asked for them to talk to me. And then what I started learning was, you know, I'd be a little bit like, why do you, well, they wanted to meet me, but why do you want to meet with me? Tell me what, you, what, what it's about. I started going, you know what? My first response is, what is it you need me to do for you? What can I do to fix this situation? Not even knowing what the situation was, or what can I do? That open-ended question then, has a parent say, well, I want little Johnny to be able to get out five minutes early because he's got to get ready for school and all this. Well, okay, that's reasonable. Yeah, all right, I'm happy to do that. Or I, lo- I want little Johnny to train whenever he wants. And I can say, okay, I hear what you're saying. That's not possible because of these standards that I've set. So I, I'm, in, I'm in control of the conversation. I'm basically in control to make decisions. I think one thing I've found as a young coach that I made a big mistake was some parents actually have pretty good ideas and pretty good insight as to what I need to do to make my clientele happier, right? Performance is one piece. We keep thinking that's the only thing. It's not. It's, it's, the, it's the kid's happiness. It's, it's the environment. It's how you communicate. Yeah. So for, for me, I thought, no, I want to hear what they have to say, but then I want to have the choice to say, well, that doesn't fit into what I explained to you is the standards and requirements. So my evolution to that point and I can tell you the last probably maybe decade of my coaching, probably last six years was my best years of never having issues. Fair enough, I had older athletes, but I also felt like I managed situations really well that didn't take me into a, into a place where I felt stressed. So that's kind of where I look back and reflect and go, okay, that's – so the sooner co- young coaches can get to that place, for me, I think you're going to find – you, you can have less issues of going, is that parent up in the stands? Because if they are, most of the good parents will call them out and say, hey, listen, you can go down and talk to Zach. You know you can reach out to him. Yeah. Up whinge and go talk. So. Yeah, yeah, no, excellent. Yeah, just showing there that all to young, those young coaches out there that communication is one of the most important things that you'll ever need in coaching. Um, now, we've mentioned a bunch of times you, you're working with, with Lee and Gary. Um, and one of the taglines on your website, uh, one of your selling points is, there is more than 100 years of swimming and coaching experience between you. Who carries the most out of that? Are you, the pup, of, are you the pup? Are you the pup of the squad? Well, 
Well, Gary and I are probably pretty close, but Nugget's definitely the he's, he's the, the Zen master for sure. <laughs> um, you know, time and uh, probably daily, and we chat. You know, I've I've talked to him daily just about stuff that we share. So. Um, I think the biggest thing for me that he's taught like, is, is, um, is how to be, what mentoring is. Like that was, so when I, when I moved into that space, you know, just because you've had success or you've, you've had consistency or sustainability over time and you've seen a lot of things, doesn't necessarily mean you have the skill sets to impart those to people. And probably the biggest learning curve I've been on is what is a mentoring? What, how do you mentor? Like I need to do a lot more strive to be the best, but you know, effectively, if you look at the definition, it's guide and advise. Yeah. And if, if there's anyone I, 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 who's guided and advised me, anyone who, he's the person who's guided and advised me the most in my, in my career or in the top three. And yeah. I look, and I say, that's what he's done. He's guided me. He's advised me, tells me things I need to hear. He doesn't tell me what I want to hear. He tells me what I need to hear. But he tells me in a way that it's my choice to, to make those. So I, I look to him and Gary and I have worked together. We've known each other since 1985. We swam together at the AIS when right. Bill Sweetnam and we've been mates since. And again, we have that same type of relationship where we, we work with each other. We mentor each other back and forth. So we've, yeah, we've got a lot of experience. Um, and we know a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess that's one of the, the most important things is, is, is networking. Yeah. You know? I, I think that's exciting for all us young coaches, especially those who are going from being a swimmer into a coach. I know I, I've got mates at, at, who are my age who are going into coaching now. And it's, it's funny that you say, you know, you and Gary swim to AIS, like to picture in, you know, 20 or 30 years, you know, I could be coaching alongside one of my great mates if they are coaching. That's yeah. incredible. Um, when you did start off the program, um, did you have a, a clear goal of what you wanted or was it always to be this continual, continual evolving uh, platform? I think our goal is and always was to eventually retire and do this, to have something to do, to keep us busy, to do in continuing to do what we do. Yeah. So we, we, we saw it as let's play around with it and shape it and let's evolve it, um, at, you know, on our own time, which we do. It's our own free time. And let's keep it building and developing to a point where when we're, when we're finished with, say, having to be in a full-time working capacity for whatever reason, we can actually, I don't want you, the re retire is not the right word, but we could, we could finish up the rest of our time spending it in that on in this environment where we can have a lot of influence but it may not be you know hitting the road like dry you know traveling everywhere you know we actually building our virtual network up so that's probably the goal the goal is that i think and uh and yes we're all of our um philosophies are around let's just uh, let's just respond to what's out there in need and build it and shape it um let's not try to drive things too much you know obviously we have very strong philosophies around what we believe in teaching and and coaching and technical things but as far as um if somebody comes up with with ways that they would like us to develop you know in sharing information we're, we're going to respond to that we're going to get better at that um but we're not on we're not on some sort of time clock to make it make this as some sort of financial success this is 
as long as this thing pays for itself, which it has, and that's yeah. really all our thing. We're, we're, we're all about like, it's, it's ticking itself over. Um, you know, um, we've, we're all doing other things, but, but ultimately I'm sure if we all put our time and effort into something like this, we could probably blow it up into something quite significant. Um, but we've got to be able to service it too. So that's the other thing, you know, we want to be able to service it appropriately. So we don't want it. Yeah. So we're going at the right pace, I think. Yeah. Excellent. I'll put you on the spot now and I'll hand it over to you to sell this incredible program. How and why should young coaches and coaches of any uh, age really sign up and get involved with this and parents as well? Well, I think the, the, the most important thing is, is you, 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 you're immediately getting into a, a broader network of, of people, regardless of, of obviously the, the three of us, but we're also, we've created a, a great community, a, a broad community of, of people, coaches who are doing exactly what you're doing. They're, they're, they're going through the same struggles, the same challenges. And, and when I was coming through as a coach, if I had access to people traveling the same journey as me who were solving the same problems as I had and were sharing with me, I probably would have made a lot less mistakes. So just from a journey as a coach professionally, I think that getting involved in that community, then you look at the, the resources of, of uh, the, you know, the content, for instance, around, yeah. we've talked about videos, but we've got planning, you know, planning, but we've also got, you know, we write little, uh, you know, one page observations. We go out and see pool, coaches doing things. We say, Hey, Hey, hey here's, here's an idea. So we're pushing ideas into the community and then those get cultivated and pushed back out. Like, Hey, I did that and it's worked really well. So that, that is to me worth its weight in gold. Yeah. Uh, not to just a pun there, but it, it's really worth it because um, the only other way you can get that right now is to physically travel to places to, to connect or build your own little network. And I would encourage building your own network. I have plenty of like, networks but this is ready-made um and offers uh you know that and you can jump into it and out of it as you as you feel like it's 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 not something you know you have to be 24 7 you know we we it's, you know once a week you can go you know like when i'm sitting here thinking geez i gotta i gotta think of some things oh hold on, i'll jump in there and go spend some time in on the website and search around some of the resources or i'll post a question to uh to rowan or to lee or to the group hey everybody i'm just thinking of this anybody got it so that's that's what it that's what it offers that's what it yeah. offers uh yeah. how do we sign so, up well okay i'm not the one but i think you go to <laughs> now nah, you got to go classrooming.com and it's right there yeah just have a look and have a look around and um yeah and see what you think and you know we welcome people on and uh we're we're here we're doing what we do. It's a lifestyle for me. So, um, yeah. Um, Excellent. I'll just sign off and then I'll get that, um, that grub story off you. I can tell it online. It's not a, yeah. Not all right. Why not? Why not? <laughs> when we were young coaches. So I was coaching in narrow down New South Wales, South coast grub was yeah. up at Warringah. Yeah. We, we knew, known each other through national camps and bits and pieces. And I used to do this in the States. This was a bit of a right. Cause I just moved from, from the States back to Australia and I, I'd actually did the same thing to Shannon Rollinson when he was on deck at Chandler. But what we used to do in, in the States, because I lived with two other coaches that coach, we all coach at different clubs, but we lived together. We would, we would, we would send uh, singing telegrams or, or uh, take out meals or something to each other on the pool deck while we we're coaching. Right. So what I did was I, 
I ordered, I went rang, I was sitting there at, uh, at our little swim school and I thought Friday afternoon, so I rang Warringa Pizza Hut and I said, oh, can you deliver uh, two large pizzas to the Warringa Pool, Graham Carroll, please? And, and uh, yeah, no worries. And next thing, Grubb's standing there, it's Friday night, club night, he said, some pizza guy walks up, so I got these pizzas for you and the kids start cheering, yay, pizza, so pizzas. And it was probably three months later, we're at a competition, I said, how are those pizzas on Friday night club night? He goes, what are you talking about? I said, those pizzas you got to live. He goes, was that you? I said, yeah, it was me. So <laughs> well, three months later, I told him that I did. Now you couldn't do that. Now, unfortunately, you can't get away with that. But no, uh, I know. up a Chandler as well. Oh. I did the same thing. They walked down on Chandler pullback and delivered, said, I've got your pizza. He sent him away. He said, no, nah, I didn't order no pizzas. Well, Rowan, thank you so much for coming on to Swim.Rocks and talking about gold class swimming and your coaching career. Hope you stay safe down in, in, down there in Victoria and, and make sure everything is all good and you're staying happy. Appreciate you too. Look after yourself and keep, keep coaching, keep punching, and uh, we'll see you on the pool deck sooner rather than later. Thank you for listening to that podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay dry.